0: Welcome to this podcast of Sound Off for March nineteenth, twenty twenty one, with your host, Nate Laux. Nate's guests today are Mark Secor and Craig Dwight with Horizon Bank. Now here's your host, Pastor Nate Laux.
1: Hello, friends. Today is Friday, the 19th day of March, and this is Sound Off on 967 The Eagle. My name is Nate Laux, and it's an honor to be your host today. I'm glad you're with us for the next forty to forty-five minutes to have a civil but important conversation on matters related to your life and community. I'm not gonna lie, I'm excited about today's show. I'm excited about most shows, but I'm, I'm super excited about today's show. I'm not lying to you at all. I think it's going to be a great one as we're going to be talking about the banking industry, the economy, and maybe even a little bit of GameStop. With 75 locations in Indiana, and Michigan Horizon Bank is one of the largest public companies in Indiana. It's my honor to welcome to the show the Chairman and CEO of Horizon Bank, Craig Dwight, and Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer, Mark Secor. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. How are you?
2: Hi, Nate, glad to be on the show. Thanks for inviting us. Good, thank you.
1: Now, Craig, you've been interviewed on CNBC, you've been quoted in national newspapers, you've rung the bell at the New York Stock Exchange. Do you feel like you've finally made it now that you're on my radio show?
2: This was my goal my whole life, was to be on your radio show, so I'm delighted to be here today, and uh, you know, I can now retire and move on. Thank you, Nate.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true, that is true. All right, now, uh, Craig, you've been with Horizon Bank for quite a few years starting your career as an hourly employee and working your way up to the chairman and CEO. Many people aren't familiar with the long history of Horizon Bank in LaPorte County. Can you give us some of that history? Where, where did it start? How old is Horizon Bank? And uh, how long have you been here in LaPorte County?
2: Nate, I'd be happy to. Uh, first of all, I, I enjoy hearing the histories of all businesses. It's pretty cool how uh, companies get started and they grow and expand over time. In Horizon Stories, we were founded in 1873 by the Garrison family, and our first deposit in uh, end-of-the-day balance was $10,000. At the end of the first year, our total assets were $100,000 in 1873. Now, $100,000 can be an average deposit for a day now for one business, so it's a, you know times have changed. Uh, during that 148-year uh, history, we survived over 30 recessions, including the Great Recession of the ni- 1890s, the Great Depression of the 1930s, and then the most recent Great Recession in the 2008-2010 time period. In two pandemics, the 1918 pandemic and the 2021 pandemic that's taking place today. So, uh, a wonderful heritage. Uh, we've grown to now almost six billion in total assets. Uh, we have 72 offices. You mentioned 75, we're down to 72, uh, and still growing, still expanding. So, we're headquartered in County.
1: And when when did you start with uh, Horizon Bank?
2: Uh, 1979,
1: Not so I'm not as old as a bank. <laughs> you weren't there at the original you You're not a charter member. All right, so then uh, what did you, because I think this is fascinating because not every corporation has this where the person starts, you know, maybe like as an hourly employee or something like that and works their way up to the executive level. What did you start working at as, at Horizon Bank? What was your title?
2: You yeah, know, I worked in a, a, a training program. I was a teller. I worked in the operational area, customer service, branch manager for uh, our branches in Kingsbury and Wontaw for a while. Um, and then I left Horizon Bank for a couple of years, uh, went to work for a much larger bank, and then had a chance to come back. Um, other chairs I've sat in were the um, human resource director, director. Um, Senior commercial lender, then senior lender of the company, and then uh, executive vice president. So, it's been uh, a great career.
1: Bankdirector.com uh, ranked Horizon Bank third nationally in their performance powerhouses of 2021. And that's kind of a recognition for banks that built enviable value for shareholders and things like that. Um, there were rural, urban, some national, various asset size banks included in that ranking. That's an impressive honor, especially coming after a tough year from the pandemic. How'd that feel getting recognized with that ranking? I don't think a lot of people know here in LaPorte County that one of the, I guess, more sought after banks is right here.
2: Well, it is an honor to uh, be recognized by a third party it reinforces you know horizon strategic plan and and to grow and be study uh, performer over time but it really honors our, our employees advisors who've worked extremely hard to, to accomplish their goals and objectives and that's what it's all about uh, you know it just it's kind of an accolade for them and, and what they've accomplished what they've achieved and, and it's kind of fun to watch that uh, um, growth over time uh, however with that accolade coming in it's it that sort of behind us now what's what's the future look like and and if you're uh going to rest on your laurels. You're probably not going to succeed in life. You need to continue to grow and expand. So that's our that's our vision going forward.
1: Yeah, and on that note, kind of like you said, uh, growing and expanding and evolving in the banking industry is just essential. Mark, uh, after a relatively dormant 2020, Wall Street expects a surge of bank mergers this year, according to Barron's. Horizon Bank has grown their acquisition and mergers, and I know that is one of your kind of wheelhouses. Is the day of the small town bank over? Much like other industries, airline, healthcare, retail, technology, these kind of things, is it essential for a bank to grow like this in order to survive? I
3: think for public companies, uh, there's a, a bigger demand to be able to, uh, to grow and provide more shareholder value. Smaller family-owned banks or closely held banks have a little more flexibility. Well, that said, um, finance and banking is not getting easier with a low interest rates. It's getting harder for banks to maintain the revenue stream to cover the cost of technology and the things that are happening in banking. So, uh, it is expected that banking consolidation will continue um, over the next several years, and uh, we will we will see the number of banks shrink over the, throughout the country.
1: So then. Um, logistically, um, as we have different business leaders listening to the show, other people, how does horizon continue to grow in other markets and states while also maintaining the same culture that started in Michigan city and LaPorte? Uh,
2: Nate, I'll, I'll take this question, uh, Craig Dwight. the, uh... Community banks that we acquire have similar values and values and culture as Horizon Bank. Community banking, uh, uh, you know, we're a commodity product. Our services and products look alike. Uh, our training is typically done through the Michigan or Indiana Bankers Associations or Robert Morris Associations. We, we have very comparable backgrounds. Uh, the other key to our, our growth and maintaining culture is we hire local people with local. Uh, knowledge and experience, so they have a the pulse of the community, uh, and then um, if they're community bankers, they're, they're going to be similarly similarly trained as we are. So that we're, the values are common. Um, if you don't comply with the values, you probably aren't going to last long at Horizon Bank. We always say, you know, if you're not happy, find your happiness someplace else. Uh, we do have a strong strong value system in our company uh, that we uh, support, and uh, you know, the other recommendation is when we when we acquire another bank is you know. Find out what what the culture is, find out the processes of of Horizon, and adopt them. If you want to change them, do so through the processes and and communication channels we have. Don't try to fight them. You know, if you try to fight things and say uh, A, B, C, you're you're probably going to end up creating more stress and anxiety for yourself. So, uh, you know. Adopt the values. Our values are, are really simple. To, you know, treat others with respect and dignity, diversity, um, integrity, and honesty. Uh, things that I think we all embrace naturally anyway, and, and we take uh, outside of our company in our home lives as well. Uh, and then, from a process standpoint, we are bigger. We probably have more processes than some of the community banks we acquire, uh, but they're easy to adopt and easy to figure out. And just uh, uh, so, in general, the cultures have stayed the
1: same uh, because we hire local. And promote local. All right. Well, we have uh Craig Dwight and Mark Secor from Horizon Bank on the show today. And we're talking about banking. We're gonna talk a little bit more about the economy, these kind of things. Um, maybe get into some GameStop after the the commercial things. Um but after this, we're gonna open up the phone lines and the text lines. If you have a question for um Mark Secor or Craig Dwight, you can make your voice heard by calling or texting the Liquor Baldon airline at 209 362 0522 or email me at soundoff at 967theeagle.com. My sweet listeners and friends, it's time to take a break and listen to those amazing sound off sponsors without whom we don't exist. So stay right there and we'll be right back in just a few minutes on 967 The Eagle. Welcome back to Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. I'm Nate Laups. And joining me on today's show is Horizon Bank CEO Craig Dwight and CFO Mark Secor. Craig, the United States government has put forth two major stimulus packages through the COVID 19 pandemic. One was President Trump's CARES Act, and recently President Biden signed the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. Do you believe these were needed, and how have these stimulus packages impacted the bank?
2: nate the pace that uh, the government had to move in april and may of uh, 2020 to try to um protect our country from the uh, pandemic and the shutdown and shutter in place of our businesses um so i think the first round one of the ppp programs and the in the stimulus act was okay but they had to react quickly the second one i think is um, um They're spending too much money, and I think uh, they're creating huge deficits for our grandchildren and children to pay for years to come. And the money should have been more focused for those that need it, such as those that are unemployed, uh, men and women who are staying at home because they have to um, no child care services, uh, businesses or, or business sectors that are struggling, such as retail. Hotels, restaurants, entertainment, and travel—those are the sectors that are needing that. Our unemployment rates today in Michigan and Indiana are typically in the five to six percent range today. There are pockets where they're higher, that you know, such as Michigan City, Indiana. But those pockets have been higher traditionally, even during the good times. And but they're coming down. So I think the unemployment rates speak well that we're we're headed in the right direction. Uh, and I think this one point nine trillion dollars is is too much.
1: All right, let's get to a caller here hello you're on sound how are you welcome to the show
3: yeah i had a question uh looking at the uh, prospect of digital banking Mm -hmm. uh coming up uh i'm really concerned about that and uh, i want to know if you think uh, if and when it does happen will we have uh, a choice to have both cash or digital or do you think they're going to entrap us into the entire uh, digital process
1: all right. Thanks for thanks for uh, calling. Did you guys did you guys get that question? Okay. Mark, do you want to answer that?
3: Um, I can take a stab, correct me if I have something to add, but um I, I I don't hear we don't hear anything that the cash is going anywhere anytime soon. Um, local banks will be there. I think the 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 difference is we saw a huge transition to digital banking um through the pandemic and when things were shut down, and that pattern hasn't stopped, so there has been a very quick shift to digital. Um, but, uh, there is no plans, uh, immediately or in the future to
2: stop, uh, local banking and, and, cash activities. Yeah, there are countries that have already gone digital and moving that way quickly. China's adopted a digital currency and now they're afraid they're tracking the, uh, patterns of their, their citizens accordingly. Um. I was in Finland not too long ago, and everything is digital. They don't even accept the euros, except at the airports. You have to use your ATM debit cards and credit cards to process any type of payment. So the world's headed that way. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that, but I think it means uh, more data and information that uh, the government can track and and account for you. Um, I'm not a fan of um, uh, Bitcoin either, because I think it's uh, bypassing some of the securities our government has put in place for money laundering, uh, for terrorism and, and drug money laundering, Uh, so they're going to lose the tools to uh, track that kind of money. And there's also the safeguards in in the Bitcoin uh, where you hear about someone's vault's been stolen or they've got the password, can't access it. Um, So there's so much complexity today for cryptocurrencies, I don't see that coming out for a while and hopefully not in my lifetime, but maybe the next.
1: <laughs> uh, we can go to the, the cryptocurrency conversation really quick, because I think a lot of people are interested in this. Morgan Stanley recently became the first major U.S. bank to offer its wealthier clients access to Bitcoin funds. Do you suspect that the traditional banking industry will embrace and evolve to include cryptocurrencies, or do you have any thoughts on the regulation of cryptocurrencies?
2: Um, the uh, bank you mentioned is offering it as an investment fund, not as a tool to uh, purchase in, in, uh, as you can in, in the uh, dark web kind of thing. Um, again, I, I, it's an investment fund that's done extremely well. You know, it's uh, over 30,000 units at one time. It's just uh, uh, I, I think the value is uh, a little scary in how fast it's jumped up. Eventually, I believe, Governments will come back to restrict cryptocurrency. They need to control money laundering and and, uh, and uh, uh, cyber terrorism as well as uh, domestic terrorism and na- international terrorism. You can't do that through through uh, cryptocurrency of Bitcoin or any other type that's out there. You can't track it. Uh, so we're gonna lose our control. The other side of it is Federal Reserve banks in in a recession help to stimulate the economy by by. Um, Making get more access to money supply. And how do they do that with, with Bitcoin? And that's uh, you know, another complexity added to that equation. If everyone jumps over to Bitcoin and our uh, Federal Reserve System doesn't have access to that or doesn't adopt it, uh, it's gonna help, you know, hurt future recession um, stimulus type packages.
1: All right. Um, if you have a question on any of these things or you wanna uh, uh, ask uh, Mark or, or Dwight a question on these, you can make your voice heard by calling or texting our Bottle letter- Liquor Vault on airline at 219 or you can email me at the studio as soundoff at 967theeagle.com. Mark, I want to go back to you here. Um, there's a lot of conversations about the economy, these kind of things. How would you rate the general health of the American economy right now? Are you, as somebody that's, you know, kind of uh, keeping a, keeping a look on the not only local economy, but also the general kind of health of the national and global economy? Are you worried? Are you confident? Do you have concerns about specific industries? Where is your mind at on that?
3: Yeah, I think there there has to be a, a, a level of worry just because we're in an unchartered territory with everything that's happened. But I think what, what we see locally and in our markets throughout Michigan and Indiana, um, we see very positive trends. Um, as Craig said, low unemployment. Um, we have very low delinquency rates. And that's true across the banking industry. Um, now that was due to some of the the benefits of the uh, stimulus plans of allowing banks to modify credits so that we could help people get through this time when they have less revenue by deferring payments or deferring principal payments or interest, and uh, so that has helped. And, and um, but what we're seeing the most stress in in these areas are hotel hotel loans, uh, restaurants um in leisure and hospitality uh type businesses so that's where the stress is here but we we, we know where it is the, the businesses are managing it there's a lot of communication um, i think where we'll see the biggest problems are in your densely populated areas where they're slower to open uh, the big convention center cities um, i think those are going to have more trouble coming back um, and where the rest of the country might have an easier
2: a better time
1: Craig, do you have anything to add to that?
2: You know, there's a huge pent up demand. We talked earlier before we started the show about uh, getting the vaccine. So, you know, I'm already scheduling travel. I didn't travel at all last year. And, and I think most of us would probably concur that travel was limited. Uh, uh, car sales volumes are up, they're breaking record uh, production of sales, uh, January and February, and I hear March is even doing extremely well. They can't get new cars as well because some of the ships are missing, so there's not a lot of used cars. The uh, dealers are, are holding price because of the demand. Um I see things are positive. And then for Northwest Indiana, we've got the double track coming in uh, 2022, 2023, when it's going to be completed. That's going to be a big boom. Uh, we've had the uh, housing market. has been incredible with the lower interest rates. Uh, you can't find a home to buy. Homes that are going on the market uh, in LaPorte County are selling for above asking price, getting four or five offers within a couple of days. Uh, so it's been phenomenal. It's, it tells you that, uh, one, people are leaving the uh, dense uh, metropolitan area of chicago moving this way uh and, and two that uh, there is that pent up demand it's, it's, it's gonna it's going to bust loose I, i'm positive with the outlook Uh i guess the the qualifier would be that if there's another wave of the pandemic a uh, a, uh, a variant of the covid 19 virus that uh, challenges us but we'll, we'll overcome that we'll
1: overcome that so then i i want to kind of uh push on that a little bit uh uh craig is you know Do you then see interest rates staying low for the near, you know, for the future, essentially, because they are very low, lower, and they stayed low when the economy was healthier before the pandemic happened and the the Fed chair, uh, Jerome Powell kept them low? Do they plan to keep them low for a while? Do you think? Where do you think the future of uh, interest rates are in America?
2: You know the Fed only controls short-term interest rates, and the bond market really uh, dictates the longer-term rates. We see a big jump in the bond uh, market over the last couple of weeks. There, uh, U.S. Treasury ten years over one seventy-five. Where a year ago was less than one, uh, even a couple months ago was less than one. Um, the uh, um, Federal Reserve Bank is going to have to start to taper off their buying and purchasing and expanding of their balance sheet uh, in the mortgage market. When they stop doing that, you're going to see a big jump in mortgage rates as well. I, rates are going to come up. It's a question of when. Uh, there's a lot of cash sitting on the side right now looking for investment opportunities. There's a lot of spin-up or pin-up demand. We start spinning our dollars down. I mean, there's less dollars to invest in bonds. It means the price is going to go uh, and the yield is going to go up in the bond market. So price will go down.
1: Mark, I want to talk about PPP loans, which is something from uh, the CARES Act that went out for mostly small businesses, and this was just essentially money given to small businesses to make it through the pandemic. How how much PPP loans did Horizon Bank handle, and do you think there's still a need uh, for more of these small business emergency loans?
3: Yeah, in the uh, first round, we did just over $300 million uh, of PPP loans to our businesses and uh it was it was essential for some to be able to get through um some some businesses didn't see as much struggle so it might it was somewhat of a windfall but it was it was critical to some businesses to see them through this and uh then the second round we're still working on and uh we're seeing less activity uh it's got more constraints you have to have uh some real revenue uh issues from covid um so if it's it's not as uh not as many dollars are going out for that one, but again, it's targeted to those businesses this time on that really need it and that uh, uh, to help them get through this pandemic.
1: What are your loan officers hearing from small businesses? Are they are they hearing more confidence coming, or is there still a lot of anxiety from a lot of our local small businesses?
3: You know, I think it's mixed, but I think overall in our our loans that we talk to, um, it's fairly positive. We, uh, we aren't seeing the, uh, like I said, the delinquencies still have been very low. Uh, we haven't seen non-performing loans increase significantly at all. So uh, and it's a mixture of, like I said earlier, really about being able to modify loans and also getting these stimulus packages. Um, but I think in a broad scheme, I think overall it's fairly positive.
1: All right, uh, Craig, coming back to you here, because um, I'm, I'm really interested in this, because I'm going to admit my ignorance here. I was following this in the news, didn't really understand much of it. And and so I was excited to have you on the show today, because you're going to inform my ignorance in, in many different ways. But recently, GameStop stock uh, and investments were in the news. Can you explain what happened there? Do you have any thoughts on it? Um, because again, it kind of broke through the news in one day. And a lot of people were talking about GameStop for a company that you know seemed to be going under and all of a sudden, had all of that investment into it. What what happened there?
2: Yeah, it was really taking advantage of a, a quirk in the system, a quirk in the regulations, where you had institutional and hedge fund investors shorting um, the stock, which means they're betting the stock price is going to fall. Well, when you short a stock, uh, there's a, a date that comes due. You have to buy the shares in the market to fulfill that order, uh, and you make a you profit from the, the the downfall of the stock. The uh, the uh, interesting combination was social media and individual investors collaborated to uh, increase the price of the stock and to start buying shares and accumulating shares, which put a tremendous amount of pressure on those who took short positions so they had to scramble to fulfill their order on the due date which settled once a quarter uh, and uh, it created a huge spike in the in the stock um you know it hurt individual investors uh who are in those institutional funds uh, but those who were on the other side uh, in the game made made quite a bit of money uh, it's a quirk in the system I, I know congress is looking at it sec is looking at it um uh, I know I, I, I'm not a big fan of the short sellers anyway, but it's um, uh, how the system's worked, it's how it's uh, designed, and uh, that's what happened.
1: So, then, uh, you know, kind of talking about this a little bit more, then, so does that create a whole new avenue for investments when, again, maybe before you had different investment bankers, different investment companies, uh, but from what I understand here, much of this was from. You know essentially millions small town or small-time investors just investing a little bit of money through let's say the robin hood app or something like that does that impact how investments are done in the future in the stock market
2: You know, it probably impacts the day traders who are speculating on the market on a day-to-day basis short-term. If you're a long-term investor, it really should have no impact because you're looking at the value of the company, the earnings stream of the company, the performance and growth strategies that they're presenting to the marketplace. Uh, But if you're you're a gambler and you want to to bet and take trades, uh, these kind of vehicles will benefit them on a short-term basis uh, uh, or it could come back to haunt them. You know, it it depends what side of that trade they're on. Uh, And so it truly is a gamble. It's like betting in commodities. You're going to buy gold today and and sell it tomorrow if it goes up. But the you know it's it's who
1: knows. Well, friends, it's that time again. We have to take a break to let our sponsors have a word, but don't you fret. We'll be right back here on Sound Off on only on 96.7 The Eagle. Welcome back to our final segment of Sound Off for the day. Uh, so glad to have you with us today on the show. We have Horizon Bank CEO. Craig Dwight and the Chief Financial Officer, Mark Secor. So glad to have them on the show to talk about not only Horizon Bank and what they're doing in the community, but also just general economic questions, uh, stock market questions, these kind of things, just how things are going. I want to talk a little bit though. So uh, Mark, I'll I'll direct this towards you. The other day, someone spent some money on my debit card and it wasn't me. After realizing that it also wasn't my wife, Emma, who you know, it wasn't my children, it wasn't my dog, we realized that it had been stolen. Now, I know cybersecurity is a big issue in modern banking. Is this something that's evolving? Is it getting harder for banks to stay on top of? How does a bank like Horizon Bank stay on top of all the cybersecurity issues that are happening around the globe? Yeah,
3: that's a, that's a great question. And it's on top of mind, it's one of the things that is discussed regularly and constantly here in the banking industry and here at Horizon. Um, it is a constant battle. Uh, I think we read about it in the news, and you see all the stories of of uh, cyber attacks. Um, it's a constant battle. We're, we see we see a lot of activity uh, in that we have a, a department that watches these debit cards, watches the transactions. We have software that looks for patterns and tries to detect um, things that are out of out of uh, out of normal for that account um, you can't catch everything because it's just so rampant that that this information can be obtained uh, from other sources um, and then used to uh, access your debit cards so uh, we do have software we we try to catch it there is uh, ways to remediate you you're able to get your money back when that happens um, if you detect it and report it and then it's investigated through uh, through the banking system so uh, it is it is a constant battle and there's so lots of money and lots of effort being taken to try to continue
1: to protect. Is most of this cybersecurity attacks uh, happening against banks and governments? Is it usually coming from inside of America, or is it coming from other nations, other other countries? These kind of things.
3: Probably above my pay grade um to know that because i think some of the recent ones they thought were foreign but then they came from the u.s um and they try to detect it but we do know that that foreign countries uh foreign state governments are doing a lot of the attacking um you can see activity but i think it can happen from anywhere now as we've seen um so I, it, it's just a criminal influence that's out there
0: <laughs> yeah
1: uh totally. Yeah, Craig, do you have anything to add to that?
2: No, most of it's driven by financial gains. It's a criminal element, as Mark said. Um, state-sponsored terrorism. Uh, you know, North Korea and uh, other countries are, are very heavy in, in funding their, their economies through uh, this this hyper sa- uh, cyber cyber sa- hacking and uh, theft. Uh, but from a consumer standpoint, you're protected. The banks uh, cover your losses. You have to come in and sign a, an affidavit that uh, you know you didn't create the loss with some other source, and uh, your debit cards are protected. I think we've all lost a debit card or credit card sometime. And had it replaced, we can replace your card the same day. So it's it's now becoming the norm in our in our processes over the last ten years, but unfortunately.
1: So um, while many pundits, this has always kind of uh, interested me. While many pundits on the news uh, talk about federal deficits. Economists and politicians don't often seem too concerned about the rising American deficit unless they're in the, you know, non-controlling party. Mark, can you explain why that is? Why do so many people not, or what do rather, so many people not understand about the American deficit compared to maybe their own personal debt? You know,
3: it is it is different than personal debt, but yeah, I think it. Can, to me, I think everybody has their own independent view on this. Um, there's uh, uh, economic views, there's political views, um, and I think one one consensus um, through most people is that you know more debt. Probably isn't going to be helpful in the future. There, there, will have to be some concessions made at some point. Either raising taxes, um, monetizing it through uh, printing money, um, there, there, something will have to happen at some point. Uh, I think, I think the. Uh, if it's spent on infrastructure and on expansion of our country and our economy I think uh, I think that kind of deficit spending or, or, or borrowing can be helpful to us in the future but uh, continued um, budget deficits which are different than the deficit of the country or the, the the debt the budget deficits of the government the government continues to always spend more than what they're taking in um, that that's going to be a that, that's a concern as you go, because that's just a uh, consum- consumer spending or
1: consumption. All right. Let's get to a, a caller here. Hello. You're on sound off. Welcome to the
0: show. How are you? Hello, Mr. Dewitt. Yeah, it. Yeah. Um Okay. This is Bill Netzer. Um, I'm going to be 80 years old this year. And I started with the bank you bought out the port savings bank in the forties. And, um, uh, they tell me now, when I go into the bank, I've still got my same passbook savings uh, number. And uh, they tell me when I get this book full, I can't use it anymore. Uh, okay, is that correct? Or uh, can you guide me on that? Um, they said your new equipment will not process my passbook savings book.
1: Great. I'll ask. Uh, any comments on the passbook savings uh, books, Craig or Mark?
0: Yeah, we offer
2: passbook savings in our offices. I'm not sure if I have a response to the question. I, I'm not aware of you, the, uh, terminating it, Mark. Are you aware then? That? No. That's going to be available. Okay. I, I, I do suggest, though, if you give me an email or call my number, uh, uh, 219-873-2725, uh, I will uh, research and get back to you with a uh, more specific and definitive answer to that. Um, but I'm not okay. aware of a terminating okay. service. Yeah. so...
0: I don't have any email or anything like that, so i'll uh, I'll try and uh, find out where you're at in the office or get a phone number or something
1: yeah, that was it uh Craig, can you give that number again?
2: yeah two one nine eight seven three two seven two five
0: well thanks okay. so much okay and the last uh i I got an answer for the last question you had we uh, um, should have never took us off the gold standard and then we wouldn't uh, be in debt like we are <laughs>
1: All right. Thank you thanks so much All right, let's get to another caller. Hello, you're on Sound Off. How are you? That me? Yeah, that's you, buddy. Welcome to the show. What's your question?
0: Okay, uh, 2008.
2: There was uh, that's when uh, Lehman Brothers went belly up because of bad loans, right? Uh, correct. Has the financial institutions like yourself learned a lesson from 2008?
1: What have you learned from since 2008? That's a good question.
2: Yeah, th- thanks for the questions. Uh, first of all, Lehman Brothers was a um, money market type fund, not a bank. Uh, Banks have uh, much more constringent uh, capital requirements. Uh, Those capital requirements doubled since the last recession, which Congress put in place. So the banks uh, as a whole in the United States have doubled the capital levels we did in 2008, 2010. So the safety and soundness is quite strong. Uh, so that was probably the lesson that the regulators put in place and that we followed. Uh, but when, you cut, when you're talking about a Goldman Sachs, uh, Lehman Brothers, and others, uh, they never had to have the capital level. They weren't um, regulated by the, as, as the banks have. So,
0: All right.
1: Well, um, I'm, I, I want to ask one final question uh, for either of you. Maybe you have this. Um, Craig, you've been at the bank for a long time. You've been in different sectors of the bank. What is the most bizarre loan you have seen people apply for?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure I can answer a bizarre... I can tell you some unique experiences. Uh, I financed a... Uh, Stradivarius violin for a concert violinist who uh, ended up being the uh, number one violinist for a major metropolitan area concert uh, orchestra in the United States. So I'd like to think we helped give that person their, their rise. Uh, then I, I financed one time, or our company has financed one time, a, a commercial fishing boat in Michigan on Lake Michigan and to uh, tour the commercial fishing boat in a, in a suit, something you don't want to do. But we've had some unique experiences in our, our banking career.
1: All right, you have anything there, Mark? Have you seen any bizarre loans come through?
3: I probably haven't seen near what Craig has seen i have heard of i heard I have heard of his stories of uh having to go out to farms and check on uh the the animals or the grain elevator and uh knowing not to wear dress shoes in a suit
1: well guys <laughs> Well, guys, uh, I'm glad to have you on the show. I'm going to leave you, though, with the final word. What do you want our listeners to know? Anything uh, you want to let them know before we we end the show today?
2: I think... Call your banks uh, and, and talk with your bankers. If you have uh, financial challenges, we're here to help. And we've done an incredible amount of extension modification during this uh, pandemic. And, and you know, we're not uh, taking homes away. We're trying to work with our customers to get them through this crisis. Uh, and uh, the first step is though, pick up the phone. Don't be afraid. We're we're we want to work with you. So uh, uh, you know. My encouragement is to talk to your banker. If you have challenges, we're here to help. We can look at alternatives for you. Uh, And I think together we can find solutions that are win-win for for, uh, customers and non-customers.
1: Mark, anything else?
2: I was just
3: going to say,
1: listeners continue to support Nate Laux with off. <laughs> well, uh, I will make sure my check comes uh, signed uh, your way there. So thank you, Craig Dwight and Mark Secor. It was a joy to have you on today's show. Thank you for listening. I'm grateful to have the best listeners in all of Radio Land. Off is a community conversation program that airs twice each week on 96.7 The Eagle. We're produced by Dennis Saddell, edited by Jeff Wugazer, and I'm your host, Nate Laux. We'll be back right here on Monday to talk about other issues that are important to our listeners. But until then, have a great day, enjoy the weekend weather, and keep listening to 96.7 The Eagle.
3: Thank you for joining us and voicing your opinion on this edition of Sound Off. The views on Sound Off are those of the host or callers and do not represent the opinion of 967 The Eagle, Spoon River Media LLC, or the sponsors. Sound Off airs every Monday and Friday at 12:30. Please mark your calendar and join us again for the next edition of Sound Off
2: on 967 The Eagle.
0: Thank you for listening to the Sound Off podcast at 967theeagle.com.